is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Mutita Panmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do all the things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle, not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, Get Unstuck Nation. The guest today is someone who I look up to, so I'm actually very excited right now. So please welcome Chris King to our Get Unstuck video today. Chris King is the founder of Status Flow and the host of podcast My Fact. Uh, he is known as Executive Shaman, and Chris takes individual and organization beyond their perceived limits. So today we're going to talk something beyond limits today. And he actually helps them and enabling uh, them to align with their life purpose and achieve seemingly impossible goals. So this is something that we always talk about, right, in the Get Unstuck radio. So please welcome Chris here with us today. So hi, Chris. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thank you, uh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate being here. Yeah. So before we start, though, how you how you started this um, mindfulness journey and entrepreneur journey, by the way? Well, my life was a mess. I, I had been divorced twice. I would um, I would say that I had a dysfunctional childhood, but but I think that implies there's another kind. So I think, I think all of our childhoods are kind of dysfunctional. But, you know, after after working all the wrong jobs and dating all the wrong people and just running into wall after wall after wall, I recognized that everything in my life had one thing in common, me. And so it was 100% up to me to kind of recode my my inner world and produce a different external world. Mm. So why is that important then? Well, I, I believe that every everyone has a, a reason to exist, right? There's it's call it your life purpose, your dharma, whatever you want to call it. And if you're not achieving that, if, if you're not living your life in a way that's aligned, well, you're missing the point of it. And so when I recognized that my life was, was really grossly out of alignment with the the things I wanted to experience and have and do, I recognized it was 100% on me to make those things happen if they were going to. And I, and I committed to doing it. How can you know it's already in alignment? Well, I think if, if something feels off, you know, there's a great quote from uh, Dr. Robert Holden who says, if something is missing in your life, it's probably you. And I thought that was a really profound statement. And, um, and so I, I just don't think anybody came here to work hard, pay taxes and die. I think they're, we all came here for a bigger reason than that. And if, if we're not, if we're not doing it, then we should probably realign ourselves with it. Yeah. hundred percent. So I believe majority of the audience here already have, uh, been influenced from my side of will that we should put the life first before business. So at least that is one mm -hmm. of the thing. 
<laughs> yeah, so, I agree. You know, and don't don't call it work life balance. Call it life work balance, and see how that changes things. Yeah, hundred percent. But actually, those balance maybe not that balance. Actually, right. That's the thing. Uh, I I find the way that this is how I see it right now. Though when I was younger, I tried to do those um productivity hack because I was younger. I could like sleep less, you know, work harder, mm -hmm. sleep less, and I could like work better, more effective by use doing more time. But as I grow older, I find that time management isn't really a thing, but priority management actually is as well as managing my um energy and environments wise like more caring from my perspective outward so my question actually is how can we know to balance that and know that we already like set you said you call it calibrating right mm -hmm. how can we do that in the right way well, bending reality is a function of understanding how your reality unfolds. And this is through the lenses of neuroscience, through the lenses of psychology, through your 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 own physiology. And and we can really go down the rabbit holes of subatomic physics and quantum mechanics. You know, the um, but ultimately reality is the end result of a system like everything is a system. And any system can be hacked and recoded or optimized or changed in any way if you understand that system well enough. And so the, the first part of changing your reality and bending it into something different in, in an area, any area of life, right? Whatever, whether you're working on some kind of life transition or if, uh, if, if you're somebody who has it all but somehow is still miserable or it feels like something is off or um or you just don't even know like you just everything feels off but you don't know what's wrong right it just something feels out of place well you can start tracking how did this come to be and what do i need to do through that system in order to make changes it's it's actually very simple it's not easy but it's very simple and once you take uh, ownership of all this you can start to bend things around and, and change what you want I think when we when we say that way, it sounds so simple, but it's actually the hardest is to accept the truth of what is actually happening. You're very that's a very astute observation. Admitting the thing that you know is true and don't want to admit is one is probably the most difficult step. But you know, a great example is when you know my last relationship ended about a year ago. And she's a great friend of mine. She, we, I, we talk every day. She, she's really a wonderful person and we're great friends. And at the time, I wanted to stay in the relationship and figure it out and fix it. But the deep truth that I knew on some level was that we had to split up because it was in, it was in the highest service of both of us. And as much as I resisted that and didn't want it to be the case, when I finally just owned it and said, you know what, this this as much as I don't want it, it is what is true. And now my life with this person is incredible. It's not what I thought it would be, but it's absolutely beautiful. And it's one of the best and most beautiful relationships I have in my life. And I wouldn't trade it for the world now to be willing to admit to your point, what I didn't want to admit. Is that similar to what we have heard like self awareness thing? Yeah, there are, absolutely. It is a self-awareness thing. And and look, I'll give you a tool here because uh, getting to the point where you're willing to admit what is true. 
the problem and the thing that holds us back from that is that the second we think that we admit it to ourselves, then we have to do something about it. And you don't. And so when you create this container of permission to know the truth without engaging in it, without having to do something with it. So let's say that I know I need to quit my job, right? It just, it's the wrong place. I'm not, it is not, I'm miserable. I don't like it. And I don't want to work there ever again. I'm not going to admit that to myself if I have all these questions like, but how am I going to make money? How am I going to survive? What am I going to do? What's the next thing? It overwhelms the system, right? The, the human system. And so we say, okay, look, I give myself, I, I understand that I do not have to do anything with the truth. And I give myself permission to know it without having to do anything. In fact, I might even say I'm not allowed to do anything with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give myself permission to know it and forbid myself from doing anything with it. Now there's a container of safety where you can admit what's true and go, okay, you know what? I do need to leave my job or I do need to leave my relationship or I do need to move to a new town or whatever it is without forcing yourself into the fear of, of taking action on that, which we might not be ready to do, which is totally okay. But relieving all of that pressure by allowing yourself to know the truth can make huge strides in, in changing your world. What actually happened after we take that important action then? When by giving yourself permission, the, the thing that happens is all of the pressure comes off. I was working with a client who had an HR consulting company and she built it up for the last 20 years. And the, the reason that she kept saying, I don't know what I want was because she didn't want to admit what was true because she didn't know what was next if it wasn't this. And so I told her, I said, you're not allowed to do anything. I'm going to bind you in this moment. You are not allowed to do anything for 60 days with what you uncover here. And so it, give yourself the freedom and the permission to admit the truth. And this, it looked like this weight just fell off of her and she just sank into her chair. She said, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And all of the pressure and all of the weight, and she looked up, she goes, oh, I feel so good. Like she just felt so much lighter and better. And when you're feeling lighter and better and there isn't any pressure, now the creative centers of the brain can open up. You create space for other things because now there's not all that angst and const uh, constriction. There's no more contraction. And so that alone can have a profound effect on your experience. What could be and what next could happen then? Profound effect. Anything can happen. The, think, of, think of your brain like, like you think of your house. If it's all filled up with stuff, you can't put any more stuff in there. And maybe you don't have the right stuff. So you start moving stuff out of your house. And now there's more space in your house for other things. The same is true with your brain. When you move stuff out of there, like pressure, stress, fear, anxiety, whatever, you move that stuff out. Now there's room. There's more space in your brain for creativity, for new ideas, for fun, for whatever it is you want to bring in. But it's a function of managing your resources, right? And one of your resources is physical space in your house. Another one of your resources is space in your brain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is this how you do the my fuckery thing? Is this what yes. It's, it's a big part of it. Mindfuck is our podcast and it is about bending reality and it is providing tools and frameworks that physiologically 
change the way the brain works. I can change one word in a sentence and produce a different neurochemical reaction in your mind. I can produce a different physiology in terms of the way the neurotransmitters are firing. And by changing that, that's ultimately how we change our world. So it starts with a conversation like on Mindfuck. We, we start challenging what we think is real. We start physiologically by through the course of a conversation, changing how somebody's brain works. And in doing so, we open up the creative centers. We, we, when you change your mind, you change your reality. And that's how it begins. If anyone have never listened, please check it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm so amazed. Every time I listen, I'm like always like carry out by all the amazing story. So yeah, check it. Um, why is it so important that we have to like have someone poking our brain or something? Well, it's it's only important if you want to make changes in your life. You're, mm. you're going to have something like 70,000 thoughts today, and you're going to make like 32, 33,000 decisions. And the overwhelming majority of these things are going to be completely unconscious. And they're going to be the same thoughts and decisions that you made yesterday, and they're going to be the same thoughts and decisions that you make tomorrow. And this is why life is kind of the same day to day. So if you want to make changes, you need to start becoming aware of what's going on in your mind and making different choices. I have a question. This is for myself, though. I just okay. had a car accident uh, last year, and mm -hmm. I'm still doing recovery. I'm still having issue with my legs until today. Mm -hmm. How can I change the perspective of these leg things keep holding me back from working more somehow? Well, I would offer for your consideration, maybe working more is not the thing that you're supposed to be doing. Maybe the problem that you're having with your legs is to prevent you from doing the thing that you think you need to do so that you can actually pivot and do the real thing that you need to do or maybe the thing you want to do. It's a question of leverage. You know, like you mentioned time management and you're right. Any idiot can teach you time management. It's not, and you're right. It's not really a thing, right? But it's a question of leverage, input to output ratio. How do I make, how do I get a whole lot more using a whole lot less? And when it comes to situations like yours, you don't have to like it in order to make it work for you. And let's talk about getting unstuck for a second. If you are stuck in, I don't like it, I can't do this, I can't do that, it's all oriented around contraction, what you cannot do and in being stuck. It's like, okay, let's let go of the reality that I don't like it. I don't have to like it in order to make it work for me. I don't like social media, but I can make it work for me. I don't like you know, somebody getting upset about something, but maybe I can make it work for me. So the question is, how do how do I make this work for me even if I don't like it? And the first step is get out of your mindset that you don't like it. We know you don't like it. Okay, fine. I don't like it. But how might this, how might the problem with your leg, how might that benefit you? What can you do with it? Now, when you start focusing on what you can do versus what you can't do, it has a different neurochemical charge in your brain. It changes your psychology. It changes your thoughts and your feelings. Thoughts drive feelings. Feelings drive actions. Actions produce results. Basic neuroscience, right? That's the roadmap. So when you start changing your thoughts, you change your feelings. Your feelings change your actions. Your actions are changing and they, and they produce a different result. And that's the simple roadmap through the lens of neurobiology. I just have no need to do it by myself. Yeah. 
just listen. The hard part is getting your mind to say, to, to just leave the part about not liking it alone. It's like, look, I'm not saying you have to like it. You definitely don't have to like it. I wouldn't like it. You know, I had knee surgery many, many years ago, and I didn't like laying around for like six weeks doing nothing. It was awful, right? But the question is, how can I make it work for me? You know, maybe I can read or study more. Do I can leverage it to my benefit and to my betterment. And that's the magic. Mm, yeah, I, I keep having this moment every time I listen to you. I, and now I'm talking to you right now. This is so amazing. Like even all the YouTube video, like the, how to say that, the rhythm of the way you speak. This is so amazing. Like the energy throughout the video and like, Every moment, I'm like, wow, how can you do that? <laughs> I don't know how I do it. I just, I love this work. I love what it's produced for me. You know, at, um, I remember when I started my company almost 10 years ago, Status Flow, I, um, I, ha I, I got fired from my last job. I was working in tech. And, um, and my choices were, I got a job offer to, for a guy who was a commercial real estate broker. And so it was learn how to do commercial real estate or build a coaching practice. The problem was I was broke, I was homeless, and I was living out of my car at the time, and I really needed to find a way to survive. But I didn't like my situation, and I didn't like not knowing when I was gonna get paid or when I was gonna eat. But I decided, I can. which one of these two things can I make work for me? And it's like, well, I can make the job work for me, it's got a paycheck and all that. But I didn't like where it was going to take me long term. You know, long term, it was going to take me to a life that I didn't want to live. I didn't want to do that and for a living. I said, well, I'm going to do this coaching practice thing and just figure it out. And even though it was really hard, I liked chasing something that I was passionate about much more than I liked chasing money to survive. And so I was just, and that was just a question of what my tolerance and preferences were. So while I didn't like, you know, the shame and the judgment that came around being broke and not being a successful, you know, 40 year old at the time. Um, I pushed through all that because I knew it, this was going to take me to what I wanted. And it was, I was playing the long game. Mm, wow. This is the thing. When we want to bend the reality, it would have a consequence, right? Yes. Everything comes at a cost. How often we should decide to do that? You know, like how, how often we should set the goal, like, like setting a new project, something I'm just thinking in terms of system, I'm sorry, but you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I, th I think we can simplify it. I like to make things as simple as possible. Um, you know, what's the quote that, you know, any, any idiot can make something complicated. It takes a genius to make it simple. Uh, I like to make things simple, right? So I like to make things as simple as possible. And so look at it through a very binary lens, working or not working. Effective or ineffective, hmm. like it, don't like it. You know, it, it's that simple. It's like, I don't like this. This is not the experience I want to have in life. Well, that's when you need to make a change. And it doesn't need, these don't necessarily need, need to be all uh, life transforming, earth shattering kinds of things. You know, it, it might be simple as, you know, getting your roommate out of your house. Or if you have a 26 year old that won't get, you know, then stop playing video games and go get a life. You know I mean? There, there might be more subtle adjustments. It doesn't necessarily have to be a complete reinvention of your life. For me, it was a complete reinvention of my life. And I've done that, I don't know, probably three or four times now. So it's coming back to what you want. Yeah. What do you want? And, and it's important to, to ask, to answer that question from the framework, um, of what you really want versus rooting it in what you already have. 
Mm. Like when I ask, I ask clients, what do you want? Don't tell me what you think is possible. Tell me what you really want. Right. Cause those can be different things. How it could be different. Could you help me clarify that? Well, somebody might base what they want on what they already have. You know, they might think because they have a, a certain kind of job or they live in a certain area. It's like, well, I, I can't have that job because they don't have that job in this area. And that's, it's like, well, that doesn't matter right now. We'll worry about that later. Let's get to the truth of what you really want. Because otherwise, if, if you, if you think you can, you can only go 10 feet and, and you want to go a hundred feet, you know, but if you think you can only go 10, you're only going to go 10 or maybe eight. Right. So it's like, if you really want 100, then let's go with 100 and let's see how far we can get. Maybe we don't get to 100, but we're going to get a lot farther than if we only say, Oh, we only want 10. You know, I, I say this with clients too, with our business clients at status flow. I say, you know, they, I say, what do you want? And they say, well, we want to grow our business 15%. Like why not 50%? Why not 100%? Why do you only want to grow your business 15% this year? And they talk about market trends or KPIs, you know, all the data points. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested in any of that. I can, I can, I can move the needle a lot farther if we ignore all that nonsense. Mm. So it's about visions first, but then who is going to take execution comes later. Yeah, it, it really is about what you want because um, because if I can change, whether whether it's a group or an individual or a company, if I can change what they think is possible, I will get them a lot farther, a lot quicker than if we just set things up. Like there, there's something called the Bannister Principle. And this, the Bannister Principle basically says whatever you think you're right. So they're in um, in the early to mid-1900s, the world was obsessed with the idea of watching a human being run a mile in under four minutes. And nobody had ever done it before. And even the best scientists and physicians at the time said, if a human does this, it will kill them. Well, in May of 1954, this guy, Roger Bannister, he ran a mile in under four minutes. And after decades of chasing this impossible feat, his record only lasted 46 days. Somebody ran it faster. Because in that moment when Bannister crossed the finish line in under four minutes, the world's collective consciousness changed and all of a sudden it became possible. And once it becomes possible in your mind, then it can become possible in your life. Mm, but you have to make it possible in your mind first. You have to see it first. Yeah. Right. They say believing is seeing. That's not true. Uh, they say seeing is believing. That's not true believing is seeing if you believe it to be a certain way you're going to create that reality period so you mm -hmm. got to change what you think first and how can we know that this is our true self that it is really what we want it's a little tricky with the want thing um I, i'd say it's it's like a feeling in your body it's like a it's like a vibration like a frequency you know, when, when something comes into your, into your field, something hits your radar and just everything in your body and your mind just goes, yes, that, yes, that's something to pay attention to. You know, even, even small things as, as you're navigating your world, something catches your eye. Maybe it's a song, maybe it's uh, a product, maybe, it, but something makes you go, huh, that's interesting. Like something catches your attention. It's important to start paying attention to those things because they might be indicators of a direction that you might consider going. 
You know, if I'm, um, I don't know, flipping, you know, going through, you know, Amazon or something and I, and I see a drum set, right? There's a drum kit and I go, oh, maybe that's something I need to pay attention to. There's something in me that got interested in that. I'd never played the drums before or whatever. And there's an interest there. So maybe I need to follow that thread, that energy and go, huh, I wonder where that's going to lead me. Can we, can we have many goals at the same time? You can have as many as you want. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You can have a goal to build a business, get married, have three kids, buy a house, right? Like you can have, you can have all kinds of goals. Um, you know, it's a question of where, where do you want or need to direct your energy and attention? And that might be several different things throughout the day. But maybe not at the same time. Yeah, maybe not at the same time. And some people don't work that way, right? It's a question of knowing how your own, what I'll call your human system works. Some people like to have a lot of things going on all at the same time. Other people are like, that's too much, oh, that's too much overwhelm for my system. I like focusing on one thing at a time. Um, you know, and I'm not talking about multitasking. That's, that's not really a, a real thing. But, the, um, but in terms of your focused attention, Right. I mean, look at look at the workaholic. Right. You know, a lot of times we'll deal with with um, with a workaholic and their relationship is suffering. It's mm. like, yeah. Because all of your focused attention is in this one area and you you are not you know, that may or may not be conducive to the overall life experience that you're looking for. Mm. So you just have to expand the goal, add more goals to increase the result. By bending that. Ah, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's all about leveraging your resources. Time, mm-hmm. money, space in your head, your focused attention, your thoughts and feelings, emotions, um, physically, like physical space, whatever. It's, it's all resources. Everything is energy. And and these are all different manifestations of energy. Money is, is another manifestation of energy. The question is, where are you directing it? And is that in alignment with the experience that you want or the goals that you have? So it's about it's about optimizing your resources and getting them to work for you. This is something that I want to ask you. Uh, I have seen the chart, the the flow state chart. So I I don't even know what that's called, but I have seen this chart often. I prefer to work at the high challenge level and high skill part to get the flow state. Okay. Yeah, you're talking about the flow channel. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the mm-hmm. matrix, and. Each person prefer differently to work, right? So whenever the teams work together in my company, they usually mm-hmm. direct the energy at the same way so that we can mm-hmm. work along very well. That That's what we discover within. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how can we hack to get to that state faster and stay there longer? Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, there's, well, so flow is what athletes call being in the zone. You know, we call it runner's high. We call it, you know, there's a lot of different names for it. And it's all driven by your neurochemistry. So if you can drive your neurochemistry, you can produce flow states. Um, And there there are 22 flow triggers that we know of. So like novelty is a flow trigger. You know, we need different things to happen in our world. It can't just be a routine, the same thing at the same time. Autonomy is a flow trigger. You know, people need to feel like they can steer their own ships and doing very well. They need to have ownership of things. Complete concentration is a flow trigger. So we can't be distracted with our cell phones and whatever going off all the time. But the more flow triggers you have in an experience, the easier it is to get into flow. Now, what gets me into flow might be different than what gets you into flow. 
um, the flow channel that you're talking about means is is simply a, a math equation. It means that the the task at hand needs to be a little bit more challenging than the the skill set of the person who's working on that task. So it's it's about plus four percent. So if you're if you are really good at this task, you want the task to be about four percent more than than your perceived skill set, and and that's going to create the focus that you need because again, it's it's a it's a function of neurochemistry. We need to have focus and attention. We can't have you be distracted. Um, so it's all about understanding what is it that gets us into flow. How do we incorporate as many of these flow triggers into our work as we can so that we can get people into these flow states? Um, and you're right, flow is it flow is, flow is a four part cycle. And so understanding how the cycle works is also important. Mm. So after we end the flows, the flows, can can you at least enlightening me about the cycle of it? Yeah. So first there's first there's the the challenge that you're working on. Um, and there's then there's the the frustration with it and the release of that frustration when you that's when you just walk away from something and go oh forget it for right now right that's that's the release phase then there's the the flow state itself when you're really crushing and you're in the zone and on the back end there's the recovery and flow recovery is something that people completely ignore um, especially when we see professional athletes uh, well the professionals know how to they they know they have to do this. Um, but people who, who get into flow and love flow, they're flow junkies. They're not adrenaline junkies, they're flow junkies and training them out of flow is every bit as important as training them into it because you need to be able to recover from a flow state. Like I'll give you an example from my own life. When I, when I do speaking engagements, I, I get into flow when I'm on stage. I, I won't even remember most of the experience. I just, I, I remember being in flow, but I don't remember what I said, um, but after, after I get off stage, about two hours later, I start to come down and I start to crash, really. And, and I know the next day I'm, I'm going to, because I will have burned out all of my feel-good neurochemistry, all my dopamine's gone, all my serotonin's gone. Like, I'm not biologically capable of being in a good mood after I get off stage. About two hours later, it starts to come down. The next day... I'm not somebody you want to talk to. I should not travel like the day after because I don't want to deal with the, the security or whatever. I'm in a bad mood. And I know, okay, this is just what I call the flow hangover, basically. I felt really, really good, and now I'm crashing. And so I need to take care of myself. I need to make sure I get rest. I need to make sure I feed myself and get enough water. I can you know, get a massage, do something that that supports the recovery of this. And this is what professional athletes do. They do the, the, the ice baths. They do the all the recovery things that they need to do so they can keep themselves in optimum condition all the time. And you need to do the same um, even if you're not an athlete because anybody can access flow states. You can be a plumber. You can be a Tibetan monk. You can be whatever. Mm, and that's how you have to create the system as a habit. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, flow is a great tool. You know, when, uh, you know, years ago when my when my organization was just a performance coaching organization, it was all around around flow. Flow now it's just a tool that we use to bend reality a lot faster than you know people thought we people thought it would take. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, you know, a couple of examples. I was working with a client. She, um, she had a consulting agency, and she said that she wanted to take her six-figure business to a seven-figure business. She said she didn't want to work more than 30 hours a week. She said that she wanted to be a digital nomad so she could travel all over. 
And then she half jokingly said, I'd really like to find the man that I'm someday going to marry. Well, we got all of that done. It took us about nine months. Okay. <laughs> so we had another client. She said that we doubled her revenues. We eliminated her stress and we saved her marriage. That took us four and a half months. Okay. Because of the flow state. Because of flow. When you can get into flow, you are exponentially faster. You're exponentially more creative. You're infinitely less stressed out. It, it's, it's just you version 2.0. It's just you on fire, feeling your best, uh, behaving your best, thinking your best, performing your best. And that's essentially what flow is. It's an optimum state of consciousness where mm. you are crushing it every day. Oh, that's interesting. So it would be, ah, how can we incorporate the flow on daily basis and stick to it? That's already a good hack. Okay. Right. That's that. That's where you need to start employing the flow triggers that I mentioned. You need to bring all of these things into your life as much as possible. How do I create more novelty? How do I create more autonomy? Like if you're if you're a business owner and you have a team, how do you leave them alone to do their thing, to do your thing in their way? Right. Um, you know, how do we eliminate distractions so we can be focused? How do we keep a, a, just the right amount of fear? Their fear is actually a flow trigger. Because if you're not at least a little bit afraid, you're not going to have enough focus concentration. So I need a little bit of edge there, right? It's got to get a little bit anxiety producing, but not too much so that it freaks you out and you can't operate, right? So it's, it's all about bringing these flow triggers into your world, both personal, professional, whatever. And that's how you access flow states. Wow. Amazing. Chris, I already um looking forward. So in case anyone want to work with you, where can they find you and learn more about you then yeah they can find us at statusflow.net you can see all the kinds of things that that we offer in terms of uh you know bending reality for individuals for teams whatever life transitions whatever business transitions that uh that people want to make uh the the corporate teams that hire us usually have some really lofty goal that they have never done before and don't know how to do so we're you know those are the kinds of things that really light us up Uh, but statusflow.net is where you find all the information. Thank you so much for joining Get Unstuck Radio today, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate being here. I hope this episode inspire you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey, so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show notes at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.